Stoop Stories. What's up, listeners? On today's episode of Stoop Stories, we're bringing in one of the Southwind greats. So great, in fact, that he's been here longer than anyone else except Josh and Tyler. Uh, welcome Aaron Hosack, 12 years as Southwinder, to today's episode of Stoop Stories. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Lou? How are you? All is well, sir. All is most yeah. certainly well. I love it. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, we're going to start off by asking a series of questions to help <coughs> others understand the evolution of Southwind as you've seen it from your perspective. Okay. And then also what you believe it takes to be successful, not only in life, but in this organization, because we have a lot of leaders in this organization that are striving for things. And truth be told for our listeners outside of the Southwind umbrella, you know, what it takes to be successful here is what it takes to be successful mm -hmm. absolutely anywhere so they can apply, you know, the, um, you know, the information that you share with them today to their specific, um, you know, situation, yeah, no matter where they're at. I guess we can even, we talk about Southwind all the time, and I think maybe just for the sake of this conversation, just think about as a as a business, a fast growing, you know, company that you've joined in in startup phase. You know, you know, he's an OG. We joined early days, so yeah. uh, you know, what have you learned along the way? I think would be great. And just as we shape this conversation, just think of it as you know, I want the listeners to think of it as any business. But because just because we we it has the name Southwind doesn't mean it's unlike any other business. Mm -hmm. What I've learned about you know our organization and businesses in general is they're, they're a lot more similar than they are different. And so if you can be great at what we do here in the home service space, you could probably be great at just about any type of business because it encapsulates so many different aspects of business. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's first start with the man, Aaron Hosack, mm -hmm. um, who's been a part of the organization for 12 years, so you've known him for quite some time, yeah. Josh. And, and when he came into the organization, he was, um, you know, who he was at that time, and he's evolved into the person he is today. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the thing that I admire most about Aaron, and I don't know if you know this about me. I know I've, I've shared it with Aaron, I think. Um, you know, I've copied a lot of the things mm -hmm. that he's done in this organization because I've seen the amount of success he's had. Mm -hmm. and. What I've recognized is he is the ultimate teammate and he focuses on his contribution, nothing more, nothing less. Um, to the extent that he's never in your office asking for raises, he's never asking for what's in it for him. He's focusing on how he can be the best teammate possible and move the needle from his seat in a way that benefits everyone involved. Um, and, and I've tried to do the same since I've joined mm -hmm. the organization. So appreciate that. That's what I admire about you. So my question to you is, yeah. you know, <clears throat> through your experience in business, in life, what inspires you to be such a great teammate? Um, gosh, I think it's just ultimately I really enjoy being part of a team first and foremost. Um, you know, being able when I started, uh, there weren't there weren't many of us in the room. I think there was ten of us total. I think we had about you know eight junkers, uh, four guys at Easy Moves at the time, um, and uh, we had some carpet cleaners as well. And it was it was a a tight knit bunch, but it was a team nonetheless. And my background being in sports for for so many years before I joined Southwind was very, very team-oriented. I always had to have that structure and that kind of environment to feel like, okay, I'm part of a bigger thing. We're all working towards something bigger, which we do every single day we're here. And I could just know what my role and my responsibility to bring value not only to my role but to the team in that role, uh, how I could do that at a high level. I guess, you know, 
where 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 did I pick that up on? It was just I've been a part of great teams ever since I was in high school, or ever since Little League. When I want to think about that, right? Uh, Little League baseball, like we were always man winning the championship or something like that. So I just knew at an early age, if you take care of your role, you do your job, the team's going to be successful based on that. Wow. Well, how did you recognize that this team was the right team? You know, recognizing opportunities is an important skill set that everyone must have. So tell us, where was your interview and how did you know that yeah. this was the team well, for you? How, how I knew that this was Where the was team. your interview first? Where was my interview? So I don't know if you know where it's at now, but it's, it's what they built into the Great Plains SPCA uh, building. That's right off of God, Antioch. Antioch. Antioch and 35. Uh, drove in. It was a gated lot at the time. Uh, we used to park right inside of the gate, and uh, you know it was a warehouse. I, I believe we had one dock door. Uh, we had a small little warehouse that was probably no bigger than really Nathan's studio right here, which is pretty big, I guess. Uh, but nonetheless, we had an office in there and a little conference room. And I remember at the time walking in there and being like, "Okay, this is this is definitely a junk removal company." As soon as you walked in, you saw a big pile of junk right there. It was nothing like we've evolved it to nowadays. But to be honest with you, <clears throat> I felt a warm embrace from from especially Josh, uh, along with Tyler, from the moment I walked in. Uh, I could tell Josh, you know, I was dressed up. I had a slacks on. I had a nice button-up shirt. Like, I was looking the part because I was really, really hungry and wanted the job. And uh, I felt the warmth and the embrace from Josh the minute I walked in. Like, Josh treated it. For me, like an individualized approach, it was something special for him. Like, I don't know if he almost knew, like, hey, this is a good opportunity. I know maybe on the resume it said something about Fort Scott so we could connect through that. But, but I felt the warmth from him knowing, okay, this is a pretty cool opportunity. It might not have looked like much at the time, but just the way he received me from walking in there meant everything to me to the point where the environment or how it looked at the time didn't matter because it, it, wasn't, too, it wasn't like we have it now. When you walk in now, it's a beautiful thing in all of our locations, no matter where you're at in the United States. And, you know, it was different back then. But still, the juice was from this guy, Tyler, man, and what they brought every day. And that's the reason, to be honest with you, uh, that I stayed past two months. I think I told you, hey, what I was doing at the time, and I had just anticipated having a job to get by for the next few months. Uh, but the time come for me, you know, to make those those decisions, all right, do you want to go and do something else? At the time, I was coaching and, and uh, substitute teaching at the time, getting all that done with school, and that was my goal. I was going to follow that career path. Um, but eventually, just being around Josh, being around Tyler, the juice that they brought every single day and just being around those guys and, and like something was up there at the time, I'm like, man, I can't leave this. Like something special is going to happen. And I think it was Coach Sims brought it up in our engine meeting this morning. Uh, about two years into it, Heather at the time said, hey, you know, this junk thing's cute and everything, but do we want to keep doing this? And I said, you know, babe, I think if I left, it'd be the, the dumbest decision I ever made. And we still have a great conversation about that every once in a while when we're reminiscing, uh, thinking back on, on good times that thankfully, you know, I told her at that time, hey, uh, that would be the biggest mistake because looking back on it, man, I'm glad I didn't leave because nothing but great things have followed ever since I joined. Yeah, let me tell my tell my version of, of the story because, you know, <laughs> this guy's so humble. He, he sends his resume and it's like a first round draft pick. I was so excited. I just didn't want to mess it up, right? So I, we were at that time attached. One part was a church and the other yep. part was a warehouse. I was so, I wanted to impress him so much I broke into the church. I, 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 we had a lockbox, and I got into the church, and we interviewed him inside the church because I wanted him to like see us put our best foot forward, right. and I really wanted to impress him. That's right. And uh, 
Fortunately for me, he, he didn't need all the flashy stuff, and he sees opportunity really well, and that's something that I think he does a great job at is not just like he, he sees things for what they can be, not always for what they are. Another thing that Aaron doesn't tell you about himself, he probably would never tell you about himself, he's one of the most selfless people I've ever been around. You know, early days, we were doing several different businesses and none of them very well. <laughs> and so uh, what that meant is that if, you know, we had somebody not show up for moving, Aaron was a mover. Or if we had somebody not show up to clean carpet, Aaron cleaned carpet because we knew we could count on him. He, although his job was in junk removal at the time, and that was his role to help us uh, run, to help us operate and run that business, he was willing to do whatever it took for the business to continue to kind of pr progress. You know, did he love it? No, he didn't love it, but he did it without complaint and did it well. And everybody's always appreciated being around him and, you know, we all get to just enjoy, you know, being in close proximity to Aaron. He's such a good person. That's cool. I appreciate you sharing that because I can remember showing up and I would always have an extra pair of, of khakis, beige khakis, and then... Uh, uh, the Easy Moves color, God, I forget the Easy Moves color at the time. I think they were similar blue, to the Oxyfresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I would always have oh, a yeah, change. Like I would have yeah. a locker room in the back seat of my car that had every uniform we had to have. If you uh, stay ready, that. you don't have to get ready. <laughs> That's right, man. Josh would come up, he'd say, like, hey, man, let's suit up. And I remember Josh teaching me how to clean a carpet in two hours at the shop, man. Yeah, we went out there, man. and I don't think I upsold anything, but we damn sure got that, that person's carpet cleaned. And man, it was it was it was just where we made it happen, man. And it was fun at that time because everybody, every single day, we were just trying to get after it. And thankfully, over the years, we've learned from everything that we've done to make it more efficient and make it, you know, such a better product that we can not only deliver for ourselves but for our customers in the same time. And uh, you know, it's been fun to share with a lot of people. So you're a successful dude. You own several companies in this organization, and you know. I don't know that that was what you anticipated when you walked in. But along the way, you became just really good at what LeDrew says, being easy to be, easy, easy to find. Mm -hmm. he, he, you were always available, always ready to do whatever was necessary in order for us to have success, and, and you always did it really, really well. You know, what is it about, uh, you know, what, what was it that allowed you to, like, have the foresight to understand that putting in that work was gonna be worth it. Because, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of people maybe listening here, they wonder if, is the work that I'm doing, is it going to reap the rewards I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Or am I just wasting my time? Yeah, you know, how did you know that you weren't wasting your time? That's a great question. So the work part of it has never been difficult, right? Like I've been through much, 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 much harder stuff, physically, mentally, uh, than what we deal with every single day. For me, it truthfully, it wasn't 1-800-GOT-JUNK. It was the belief that I had people that I looked up to, and you and Tyler, and, and this is God honest truth, that were headed somewhere great, man. I, I believe that if I was available and every opportunity that, that came available for me to, to hopefully get my name out there and for these guys to take notice of that, that was going to help me along the way. And I've been around, you know, a lot of great men in my lives. Uh, you know, Tom Hosfack, starting with him. Yeah. Uh, Coach Sims, who I knew at 17 years old, and I can name a few others, which I shared in my timeline in entrepreneurship class with everybody else. But uh, you and Tyler are one of those. LeDrew, you as well, um, that just kind of 
you know, made it fun to go through the process as well. So learning, uh, being open and receptive to feedback that you guys would give me constantly and knowing that, you know, every single day somebody's helping you grow no matter what it is. Personally, professionally, I would say you've got to feel like you're in the right spot if those two buckets are getting filled. Hey, distill that message, message for the listeners here. Yeah, you know, I, I think it all goes back to who he is. Mm -hmm. And you, you said a, a selfless teammate. And when you're selfless, it allows you to see opportunities for what they truly are. So he's able to look through what you can see on the surface level. Current state of the office, current state of the organization, this current revenue point, and you're able to see what actually matters. Genuine connection, genuine care and intent, mm -hmm. the way you make people feel. And through that, he was able to know that this is something worth attaching myself to for the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that makes him really, really special, which is the genuine interest that he has um, in others and into the mission being accomplished more so than what's in it for him so that uh, his motives aren't kind of boggled down with, uh, you know, I guess a, an impure motive behind it all. You know, he's really focused on moving the thing forward uh, and all people associated with it. Yeah, so 12 years down the road, you know, when you started, I think the rev total revenue in the system. God, I remember it's probably, when it was probably $200,000 a month. Yeah, so it was probably like $1.3, maybe $1.4 yeah, million dollars collectively. That. Now we're, you know, well over $100 million this year. Mm -hmm. You know, as we think about it, you know, obviously it wasn't easy and there was a lot of hard situations. There was a lot of moments where, you know, it was really, it was tough out there. Even though you might have done something more challenging physically or mentally, there was physical and mental challenges along the way. And I remember, you know, as you were developing as a leader in this organization and like you went from, you know, being the best guy in the field to leading lots of people in the field. And I remember having, you know, meetings with you and, and we would have lots of conversations about, you know, what's the next step and how do we continue to improve? You know, when it was challenging, you know, mentally or physically, you know, what do you do? What do you do now? What did you do then? that allowed you to overcome that adversity and like power through it in, a, in, in the way that you did that always had high integrity and was like like full of class and, and uh, grace? What was, what was it? How, how do you do that? So that's a really, really good question. Um, I think we've always surrounded ourselves with people that we like to work with for one and people that we could trust with more responsibilities. So <clears throat> when I think of the times that have gotten tough, I think of like in my head, Thomas Nunnick comes up, Bryce Atagi come up, like all the guys that kind of weathered the storm with us when it was tough, right? And their own personal development or professional development during those times was it's like, all right, adversity can do a lot of things to you, but ultimately, you got to surround yourself with great people and focus on the solution and focus on the positive outcomes and just push towards that. I don't think we've ever been the types to surround ourselves with negative people right. because negative people don't work out here. Like, yeah, it, like, right. like at some point they're going to go off and they're, they're going to be outed. Um, so for me, you know, when the times got tough, I relied on other people, relied on you a whole yeah. hell of a lot. I'm sure I relied on, on LaDrew in many, many situations that we worked together. I relied on Nathan in a lot of situations right before, you know, sending out an email right before we came in here. Uh, but it's like when adversity shows, you got to rely on those around you. I rely on my wife at home. I rely on, you know, uh, my father, Coach Sims. Like if you – I have a lot of good relationships with a lot of great people over the years that I can always go back to 
if I, I were to meet any form of adversity or need any advice from anybody like that. And I know I have two, along with Tyler, man, so many good people here uh, to rely on when I have a question or need, man, just a little bit of guidance. That's important. Yeah. So, you know, Josh, it said something earlier. I know that everyone is always thinking about what they want out of life. And us getting what we want out of life has a lot to do with whether or not we're easy to find. Mm -hmm. And you have been, not just because you're tall, yeah. you've been really easy to find. <laughs> All right, uh, you've been really easy to find. So we like to give tactical things to our audience to apply to their lives. You know, what would you say is the key ingredient to being easy to find by the opportunities people want in life? Man, meet, meet as many people as you can. Like, uh, you know, walking around these halls, like talk to people, introducing people, build relationships with people. The more people you meet, the more people are gonna help you find opportunities, right? Like life's, life's a game of networking, I think. When you gave me your list, hey, top 10 things that can make you professional, when we talked about it in an entrepreneurship class one time, relationships was number one on the list. Oh, yeah. And for me, that's one of the most special things you could have throughout your life, is just building relationships with people, uh, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing. You know, I enjoy walking around these halls every single day, seeing people that are doing the same mission we're all doing together and getting to know those people and getting to know, you know, what they're all about, what makes them tick. Uh, same thing over the MVP side, getting to know every single one of our people, understanding their personal and professional goals. We have an understanding of every single person on our staff's personal and professional goals, and that's going to allow us to help them get there, which in turn should fill our bucket, making sure that we're bringing people along with us on the ride. I have a question, you know, Aaron currently operates one of our fastest growing organizations. 2019, we acquired a business. I was doing about a million, a million four at yep. the time. Next year, we're slated to do close to $18 million, yep. right? So warp speed type of growth, just lots of activity going on and at MVP. You know, as you kind of reflect back, you know, what is it that makes a business successful from your perspective? And what and more so, not just successful, but be able to grow at the level that you can grow. What would be like the top three things that you would be able to kind of say, yeah, I think these are the three core components to not only success, but explosive growth. Yeah. yeah. So for me, first and foremost, you know, I came from the truck, so it's boots on the ground in my mind. Like. I knew what I was trying to do on every single junk job. Yeah. I knew the purpose and I knew my intended outcome. And that was delivered very well from, from whoever was looking over me at the mm -hmm. time in the operational chair. If I have the alignment with the messaging that's to be delivered from the product or the service that we're trying to deliver, whether it's Move, whether it's Dreamlawn, MVP, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, whatever we're putting our hands on, <clears throat> that's the differentiator for me. It's the people delivering the product. We made it cool to do junk removal back in the day, yeah. and now it's really cool. We made it cool to be a mover. Now it's very cool. We make everything we touch cool, and that means something for the people that are out there doing it every single day in front of the customers. Uh, number two, you know, what I would have to say is, you know, the vision. I think you have a very, very good skill in providing that vision. This is something, I'm an operational mind, so, you know, you said yesterday in a meeting, um, 
strategy is is taking it from visualization to actualization. Yeah. So it's like, okay, the vision is what we need in order to keep pushing through and knowing that it's worth it in the long run, right? We're all chasing this vision and what we're trying to get to. So as long as we can have that, then we can develop the strategy. And I think this is something that we're, we're becoming better in South at. I don't think this has always been a strong suit of ours, and it's really, really cool to see if it's evolve over the years. Now we have essentially kind of a strategy for every single position that we have, every single operator in the business, whether it's an SOP from a different department that can help you find the solution that you're looking for, whether it's a strategy built in the form of OKR, like having the strategy to fulfill the visualization and execute it and make it actual, I think is is number one thing in the book. So for me, the people, the guys, the people doing it every single day we come in here is number one. Number two, having the vision. That might even be before that, right? They got to have the vision before they go out and do it. And then three, being able to supply the strategy, which I think is the tough thing sometimes to make sure that everybody has a strategy and they're aligned and they know what the strategy is to deliver that on site with the customer while we grow into a billion dollar business. Well said, well said. Well, Aaron, congratulations. And I can definitely say the best is still ahead for you, my man. So appreciate you. And thanks for joining us on Soup Story. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for everything. Yes, sir. Get off the stoop. Stoop Stories.